No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Super Duper Flex Bros. Today is January 20th, 2021. We are your hosts, Tom and Sam. Sam, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I, I did not expect to see the Philip Rivers retirement this morning, uh, but it's it's pretty exciting for Dynasty because now we don't have to hold on to him or hold on to the backups and wonder if they're worth stashing. So, yeah, this is just going to be the start of a lot of dominoes falling. I think Big Ben calls it quits. Drew Brees is going to make it official. And uh, we're going to see multiple uh, torches being passed throughout the league. So th- this is a, a pretty pretty fun time to be playing Dynasty, especially if you just joined a, a handful of leagues this last year during quarantine. Uh, you're probably in good shape if you're holding any of those young quarterbacks that were riding the bench. I think uh, Domino's effect is is the best way to put it, and that's basically what this this episode is going to boil down to. This episode is all about the 2021 starting quarterbacks. So we're going to go through each team, talk about their their starter or their uh, potential starter for for next year. But you and I were just looking at a couple of um, our rookie drafts set up for um, after the NFL rookie draft and. There's a lot of teams that are that are hurting for quarterbacks right now in Dynasty with a lot of these uh, retirements and um, possibly moving some some quarterbacks around from team to team. So if you got two quarterbacks that are uh, that are young and, and top twenty right now in Dynasty, I think it's going to take a lot to to get somebody to, to move that player from you. And I actually saw one team that had a combination of Drew Brees. Philip Rivers and Teddy Bridgewater on their team, and uh, the same guy was making fun of another uh, league mate for drafting Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray with his first two picks. So I think I think we know who's going to get the, the last laugh in that league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be the guy that's got uh, two quarterbacks as opposed to zero quarterbacks. Well, cool. Well, yeah, you put together a fun list, um, in, an exercise of where we might see some of these players get drafted. Uh, as far as quarterbacks go in this rookie draft. And then I prepared just a couple of notes on some 2021 narratives. I was telling you a couple of days ago, some of the leagues that had the most success, it's teams where I rostered a lot of the uh, Buffalo Bills or the uh, Tennessee Titans. And going into the season, those were the teams that I was going off that narrative that I think that they're just going to continue to find success. And so the, the teams that I, the, my fantasy teams were actually went out and acquired those players. Uh, again, those, those were my most successful teams. So this season uh, I'm going to go in with the narrative that the dolphins continue to improve and the 49ers get healthy. So we'll talk about those later. Uh, but yeah, you want to jump into some of these uh, quarterback thoughts you have? Yeah, let's do it. So with the first pick of the NFL draft and most super flex drafts, the um, Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence which means Gardner Minshew will become a backup somewhere else. Um, I, I think uh, every single mock draft that I've seen, they have the Jaguars drafting Trevor Lawrence. Nobody's getting too cute with um, the, the Jags trading this pick away for, for a, a, a Kirk Cousins or another um, kind of low-end quarterback plus picks or anything. It, it looks like everybody is, is thinking the Jags are all in on, on Trevor Lawrence. Do you, do you see that going down differently? Yeah, uh, 100%. That's how it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we can probably start the show anytime we're talking about the NFL draft or rookie drafts. Um, if we're talking super flex, we're going to see Trevor Lawrence go 101. Yeah, so uh, I, I think it'd be very fitting if uh, Gardner Minshew um, gets a, a backup job with the Chicago Bears. So then uh, he has the opportunity to step in for Nick Foles one, once he gets hurt again in, in 2021. So just kind of going off off that narrative and having um, a, a fellow uh, former quarterback um, following one of one of his other backups as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a, an interesting landing spot. I think Minchie's probably just on his third year of his rookie deal, so I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, I think they'll just continue to let him be the the backup, and it, I think a lot of that community is still uh, behind the Minchie mustache. I think they they probably got some of those mustaches 
in their garage or in uh, the back of their car or something. So they're probably waiting for a chance to pull it out one more time, even if it's just for a preseason game. But I think Minshew still ends up in Jacksonville for a year or two. All right. So we both agree Minshew does not um, obtain a starting position at quarterback next year, which leads us to the second pick of the NFL draft, where I think the Jets actually select an offensive lineman and they pass up on uh, on fields and they, they stick with Sam Darnold. So from a lot of the mocks and from what I've uh, read from uh, some of the, the NFL writers, it seems like the, the football community is very split on this, if they should be taking fields here or if they should stick with Darnold. Um, but from what a lot of the coaches have been saying, if you kind of read the tea leaves, I, I think Darnold gets another shot to, to be the, the starter here. So he's yeah, everybody always talks about his age and he had to deal with some injuries and they, they just got rid of Adam Gase. So I'm I'm predicting that Sam Darnold remains the starter for the Jets. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Robert Sala being hired by the Jets, he's he's a, a tough-minded coach, and he's going to come in and he's going to prove that he can he doesn't have to start from scratch. He can come in with the guys that he has and, and toughen them up. Uh, not to say that Darnold's not tough, because I think he still has made some plays when when he's been injured. But I think coming and getting one of those tough offensive lineman that's going to be a centerpiece of, of his team. Uh, Salah saw a lot of success with the 49ers um, offensive schemes running the ball. So I think he knows if they're able to establish the run a little bit for Darnold, that's going to open some things up. And Darnold's still like, what, 22 or 23 years old? Like, it's it's a little too early to, to pull the, the cord on that. And Salah, too, he, he's, he's coming into a great situation because if the Jets don't perform very well, and they're staring at a quarterback next year, then he can make that pick. But it's not every se- it's not every year that you get um, a good offensive lineman uh, like Sewell. So I, I agree. I think that's the smarter pick, kind of um, build the offense from the inside out uh, rather than just tearing it all down. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think the Jets would be a great landing spot for for one of these rookie running backs with that uh, that front first uh, coach coming to the team, uh, but. That brings us to the fourth pick of the NFL draft, and I think that um, this is where the domino effect begins, and the Falcons will select Justin Fields, which means they have Justin Fields and Matt Ryan, and I think that the 49ers make a trade to obtain Matt Ryan. I think uh, two seasons ago, the 49ers were um, just one throw away from winning the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, Kyle Shanahan is familiar with with Matt Ryan, and and Matt Ryan still um, looks like he can he can make almost every throw um, with, with the Falcons this past year, except he hasn't had the luxury of of having a, a good offensive line. So I think if Shanahan's able to get Matt Ryan at a discount, then I think the two of them are uh, reunited. Yeah, no, I I like that. I I think that the Falcons they're definitely they've got a lot of holes. So if they can start by addressing. Um, one of the most important positions of the, the team with the quarterback while getting value out of Matt Ryan. And you, you can, you can talk about the cap and their salaries and everything. It, I think teams they're they, they can make deals happen no matter what. So I don't think the 49ers are going to be too concerned with Matt Ryan's contract at the end of the day. And they've seen the ceiling that Jimmy G has given them. And then they've seen the ceiling that um, Shanahan had with, with Ryan. So I, I like that call. It, it seems like a pretty predictable landing spot, and that doesn't always happen. Um, after we talk all season, I'm preaching that's going to happen. But I, I do think that the the fit makes a lot of sense, and the pieces are there. I think the 49ers, they might take a running back in the second or third round, uh, just to shore up that that running back room. But yeah, I like I like the landing spot of Fields uh, to the Falcons. So with uh, with Fields going to the Falcons and Matt Ryan going to the 49ers. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is the next quarterback that I believe is left um, without a, a starting role next season. So I originally thought he would be going back to the New England Patriots, but I have a different quarterback that we'll talk about that will be the starter for the Patriots. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo did enough to um, inspire confidence with another team to be, be their starter in 2021? Yeah, well, I just talked about the the contract situation. I know he's got a lot of money coming his way still, so I think the 49ers are going to try to move him off to another team. And we did see him have success in New England, and you were early on that months ago, um, and that's been the popular narrative. But we might see 
uh, some of these teams actually go towards some of these popular storylines and and we might see Belichick just say, okay, just get this guy back who, who knows the system that I want to run and I'll figure out the rest of it. I, he, he just doesn't want to have a broken Cam Newton there. So um, I don't think he's going to be jobless. I do think he ends up finding a job and the Patriots just makes way too much sense. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have to wait and see on that one. I know uh, you and I can can high five over uh, this uh, the Zoom call right now with our take on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being the next uh, Mitch Trubisky because you and I were, were uh, not sold on him being a good long-term asset, and we've, we've seen his uh, his value fall significantly in Dynasty. Um, but th- this brings us to the next pick in the NFL draft, which is the seventh pick by the Detroit Lions. I believe they take Zach Wilson here, and he becomes the next uh, franchise quarterback for, for the Lions, which means Matthew Stafford will – will remain a starter, but he will be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And uh, Drew Locke is the next quarterback that I believe is outside of uh, a starting job. So um, out of those three quarterbacks, what what are your thoughts on, on uh, being starters for 2021? Yeah, I I don't know if, if Wilson's going to be taken by a team. It, I was telling you, I was just watching a lot of his highlights and he looks so, so good, but he looks so raw and his competition. Uh, it, it wasn't against elite competition at all. So if a team like the Lions does um, draft him early, they might not want to just throw him out into the flames right away. They might want him to actually develop behind Stafford. So unfortunately, we might see two uh, quarterbacks with top 15 potential with uh, Stafford and Wilson on the same team. Um, but that might just be the way that the Lions want to um, address things. The, the the Lions are making moves right now with, I think, their GM and their head coach position. I know I, I was telling you, Dan Campbell, he's just got hired as the, the head coach for the Lions, and he was a longtime tight end and tight ends coach. So, side note, if you don't have TJ Hawkinson, now's the time to get him before he uh, moves up into that top three. I think this season he, he uh, uh, surplants Darren Waller at that tight end three spot. Um, and we'll continue to see him move up. But back back to the Lions and Stafford. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Stafford's going anywhere. I'd love to see him wearing a Broncos uniform or a Colts uniform and see Wilson on the field. But I think the, the Lions have learned from uh, just drafting and throwing guys out there that instead they, they want to kind of develop some of these guys. It, it feels like it's been five plus years that every single off season you hear people talking about that Stafford's going to get traded. They're they're going to rebuild. They're starting from zero. Uh, but but to me, this is the first time where I really feel like um, Stafford is is going to be on the move. So the last quarterback that we talked about with this uh, um, scenario was Drew Locke. Do you think Drew Locke remains the starter for the Denver Broncos? No, I, I I don't. I really don't. I haven't heard any links of Wentz going out there, but I could uh, I could see Wentz being a guy that um, they fall in love with out there if he gets moved. Otherwise, Stafford, of course. Um, but no, I I don't think that uh, with with all the weapons that Locke had and his lack of um, consistency, I, I don't think that there's any way that he comes back as the starter. All right. Well, moving on to the eighth pick of the NFL draft. Um, immediately after the um, Detroit Lions select Zach Wilson, I believe the Panthers will take uh, Trey Lance, and uh, they'll keep Teddy as the the starter um, to begin the season next year. But I think by week eight, um, Trey Lance will will come in. But uh, much like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance is a, is a very raw talent. Um, he he completely dominated at, at North Dakota. But uh, when when you see a player. That, that dominates the lesser competition, then that's that, that's that's the only competition that they get the chance to play against. So um, I, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a top 15, uh, pro- probably more, more like a top 10 quarterback in Dynasty in two or three years here. So I think getting him in the middle of rookie drafts since next year is going to be a, uh, a tremendous value. Uh, but this, uh, this past season, over the last four weeks, uh, Teddy Bridgewater only threw one touchdown pass from weeks um, 14, 15, 16, and 17. So when you're playing with guys like Christian McCaffrey, I, I know he was he was hurt, so I guess I guess that's not fair. He, he only had Mike Davis. Uh, but when, when you have the receiving core of Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore, and you, you only have one passing touchdown 
in four weeks. I mean, I, I think the the team kind of saw what, what Teddy's ceiling was. And uh, with, with how bad that defense is, they're going to need a quarterback that can put up way more points. Yeah, I, I didn't know that stat on Teddy. That's really interesting that he was held to such limited uh, touchdown production at the end of the season. But he yeah, did have that... two, two rushing touchdowns there. So I'll, I'll give, okay. give him credit there. But um, Teddy's not known for his rushing ability. Yeah. Well, that, that division, they're like you said, they're going to need to put up points. So I, I like that, and I really like that landing spot. Of all, of all these, I think this one might make the most sense. I don't think Lance had the opportunity to do enough to be a top-five pick in the NFL draft, but just outside of it, on a team that's uh, been searching for a quarterback here the last season or two, he, I think that that, that's, that, makes really, that makes a lot of sense at number eight that the, that the Panthers take a quarterback. And if, if Wilson is gone, um, like a lot of people are, are projecting him to be, then if Lance is there at eight, I, I, uh, I agree with that. All right, moving on to uh, the, the next team here. Um, with the 15th overall pick, the Patriots do not draft a quarterback. Instead, uh, Belichick um, continues to trade back in, into the draft, much like what he was doing last year. Everybody's waiting to see if, uh, if Belichick took a quarterback like Jake Fromm or something in the in the second or third round, but he just kept trading back. I think he um, does that, and he just goes back to the, the, the bargain bin. And that is uh, where... Mitch Trubisky will be be playing next year. So I, I know uh, a lot of people are very low on Trubisky, and there's very good reason for that. But I think he can come in and uh, run the exact same offense that Cam Newton was playing, um, except uh, Mitch Trubisky is, um, is is a little bit healthier than, than Cam Newton right now. So I still think it might be another year or two before Belichick goes all in and signs or trades or drafts a high-end quarterback. So for now, I think um, he just goes back to the – trying to run the same system yeah i think with with so many limited skill position players he he's not gonna be able to come in and make a splash and uh, draft two or three guys that make a difference excluding the quarterback position so trying to keep the offense the same and just work with um where they found production last season i that makes sense and bill's not in a huge rush like you said to change the organization around he talked about going all in and getting that dynasty of those five Super Bowls. And so now he's just going to kind of um, just just make the best of the situation. And Trubisky is going to be more than happy to play for a winning organization um, af- after barely uh, finding a-, a lot of W's out in Chicago. So, yeah, I like I like the landing spot again. I think you put a lot of time into this. So uh, I think Trubisky going to the Patriots, again, makes a lot of sense uh, for both parties. And I can see them giving him a two-year deal. Uh, but with the option to kind of get out of it if if uh, if the bad Mitch shows up. But I think, especially if McDaniels is still there, they can put together an easy enough offense to get some guys open. But then knowing he's going to be there short term, they're not going to be afraid to uh, run run the ball with Trubisky too. And so we could probably squeeze a little bit more fantasy production out of him. And I think uh, you hit on when you said the lack of the skill positions um, surrounding the team. Um, I, I think if the if the Patriots are also able to either draft or sign just one, one speed guy to kind of help make that offense move. Um, then they can have a more efficient offense. But, uh, like you said, I was, I was on to Jimmy G going back to the Patriots, um, early on in 2020. But I, I think if you, if you bring a, a quarterback like Garoppolo, then you're just, you're, you're not going to be able to hit 500. Um, whereas if you have a quarterback like Trubisky, I think he's actually an upgrade where he can, he can run that offense that, that just wants to pound the ball and, and run play action. Yeah. So that brings us to um, the 19th pick of the draft, which is the, the Washington football team. I believe that this is where Mac Jones will get selected and will be the starter by the end of 2021. Um, I, I know you and I were talking off air about Alex Smith. Like we, we spend so many hours uh, doing so. Um, but I, I think Alex Smith comes back to start the season next year. He did have five out of six wins. So everybody out there that keeps talking about that, it was a great story, but he came back and he didn't look that good. Um, when you get a, a W at the end of the day, I think that's what a lot of the, the coaches and coordinators are most concerned about. So I think if Alex Smith wants to come back, I think they're going to welcome him back with um, open arms, but then they also do need to plan for the future. So 
Uh, Mac Jones was very impressive on that Alabama offense this, this season. He didn't play with some of the, the best college players in the game. Uh, but I, I think that uh, if they just let him sit for, for most of the season while Washington is still in the playoff hunt, then I think that's uh, the solution that they go with. Well, yeah, let's tie this back to um, our fantasy drafts coming up. I think Mac Jones, he's not going to be going in the first round of drafts. I, I think he just lacks that excitement that you get from guys like Jalen Hurts this last season or the guys that come in with a lot of swag. And he just he came in, and if you looked at just his numbers, I think he set a couple of records um, in Alabama. If you looked at his numbers, you'd be impressed. And he's definitely playing in the best system. But he's also proven that in in the right system, he can produce. So I think he's one of those guys at the 201, at the 202. If you're if you're weak at quarterback, you're just rostering two total quarterbacks. And we're we're talking about all these guys that are retiring right now. He might be a guy that you want to reach on at the very start of the second round and just have him in your back pocket. Cause when he gets put out there, then he might end up kind of falling into uh, a starting role where he can throw a touchdown or two and, and produce for you. Um, it maybe, maybe kind of at that Alex Smith level, he's, he's going to bring a different skill set, but he's also going to be able to be plugged into an offense and hit the guys that are open. He's not going to make plays, but his, his guys that make plays and get open, he should be able to hit them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with uh, everything that you're saying about his uh, um, draft spot in, in these rookie drafts. He, he is definitely not the uh, the sexy Trevor Lawrence with the, with the beautiful hair. And I think I think you're the one who sent me the picture a couple days ago that was floating around on Twitter of, uh, um, of, of Mac Jones shirtless smoking that cigar after, after their win um, and how uh, he's already rocking the, the dad bod. But last time I checked, the quarterback just has to get the ball into the arms of the, the skill players, those quick receivers. So I think Mac Jones is going to be fine. There's a lot of people that, that uh, doubted Justin Herbert coming in. And if you were very anti-Justin Herbert, um, you, you definitely were, were wrong on that one. So uh, Mac Jones at the end of the first or at the start of the second, um, much like drafting Jordan Love last year, you might have to wait a year or two or with the way that Aaron Rodgers is playing, might, might have to wait four or five years, uh, but I'm, I'm sure that that pick's going to pay off. Yeah. All right. Who do you got next? All right. With the 20th pick in the draft, I think the Chicago Bears take Kyle Trask. They they're going to be stuck with uh, Foles as their starter for 2021, uh, but with Foles' injury proneness, um, is injury proneness a word? <laughs> We'll, we'll say it's a word today. All right. All right. Well, with, with Nick Foles' injury proneness, uh, they, they got to either sign somebody or uh, draft somebody. So Kyle Trask will be the sixth quarterback in the last um, uh, quarterback draft in the in the first round um, available to them. Uh, I think they're kind of stuck in that that quarterback purgatory where they, they screwed up the Mitch Trubisky pick royally, and then they overpaid Foles. And now they they don't really have a quarterback that they are comfortable with naming for the as the starter for next year. So that's why I think they they go back to the well and draft another quarterback. And much like Mac Jones, um, Kyle Trask is not a very flashy player. Um, he's get, he's rocking that goatee. He kind of looks like the the bad guy out of a, a '90s high school film or something. But um, he's he's a good enough quarterback to, to be a starter in the NFL. So I think um, he, he's another guy that. If you, if you need depth at quarterback, you can probably get him in the, in the early or mid-second round, and I'd be very comfortable doing that. Yeah, he, we saw him come in um, with that Kyle-to-Kyle connection going to Pitts. So I think one one thing to kind of make a note of is if, uh, if Kyle Trask goes to a team that's got that one alpha wide receiver, uh, you can probably pencil that receiver in for 160-plus targets. So if he was to go to someplace like the 49ers, I think you could pencil pencil Ayukin for 160 targets. Um, he, Kyler's not going anywhere, but similar thing if, if he was to be at a place like the Cardinals with Hopkins. Uh, I think he's going to find his guy that he likes and just pepper them with targets. So just something to, to stash in the back of your mind wherever Trask goes. He seems to kind of have that one guy that he really likes because uh, th- there were other playmakers in Florida, uh, but but he really liked that, that one big body guy. Um. So when it comes to the uh, starting quarterback or, or the quarterback position overall for, for the Bears, do you think the Bears are more likely to take a quarterback at the end of the first, or do you think they would sign 
somebody like Cam or uh, Fitz, Fitzmagic. I don't think they're going to sign Cam. Um, if it was between one of those two, I would say Fitzmagic. Um, he, I think that the Bears are, he, as, as much as I'd like to see Trask uh, get get an opportunity behind Foles, because I think we'd see him under center by the end of the season. He, I think the Bears are just going to accept what they have with, with Foles right now. And uh, maybe they, they sign one of these guys on a veteran minimum. Um, but we also might just see them just take Foles and then take take a quarterback in the third or fourth round and uh, just, just kind of punt, knowing that quarterback isn't their strength and that isn't what got them into the playoffs and probably just kind of focus more on the defense and focus on um, really getting or maintaining David Montgomery um, running the ball well. So, yeah, I, I don't think they end up with, with any of these names that we just talked about. Well, and they get uh, Tariq Cohen back next year, so they can they can lean on him for the, the passing game out of the, the backfield, and they got another healthy running back. So uh, you might be onto something with that. But on the on the topic of uh, of Cam, on a scale of one to ten, how confident do you think uh, you would be that the Cam will start for a team next year? Well, I don't think he starts anywhere. I think if he if he wants a championship, I think he goes to Baltimore as the backup. I think he'd be their perfect. Um, backup I think he'd um, fit into that culture the the only thing that wouldn't fit is his mindset he still sees himself as a starter so he might have to kind of take the season off so no I if I was if I was betting I'd I'd definitely place the under on his chances of of, uh, starting next season week one well if if you look a lot at a lot of uh, fantasy rankings Cam is still uh, ranked inside the top 30 of of most uh, most leagues is this a guy that you would be trying to um, buy or sell dirt cheap right now? Yeah, I'd, I'd not a hot take at all, but I'd definitely be looking to sell. Okay. Um, if you're if you're buying, you're buying the risk that he's not on the field again. And um, Cam still got a he's got a fun personality that a lot of teams and other networks might be drawn to. So we might see him get a deal um, just talking football somewhere. So maybe NFL Network wants to get um, a newly retired quarterback to do segments for them on on a fun show or something like we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks they continue their career maybe not throwing the ball but just talking about how other guys are throwing the ball and I think a lot of Cam's teammates they love him and they go to bat for him so I think he's done a ton of networking I haven't heard his name talked about doing anything like that because he still wants to play Um, but similar to Tim Tebow uh, when when no teams were interested in having in him uh, pretty much every network was interested in uh, having his personality. So Cam's not afraid to, to go out there and say some goofy things. So I, I think there's a better chance of seeing him um, wearing a, a pink and purple uh, pinstripe suit talking football on Sundays than, than starting under center. Yeah, I could uh, I could see that. I, I didn't consider that. But I think, like you said, Cam has that um, that TV personality. Which uh, leads us to the 21st pick in the draft, um, the uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts. I believe they will trade this pick um, and have to work out a deal involving other picks um, or possibly other players to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to acquire Carson Wentz. Um, so I think the the last time that we saw Wentz playing at an elite level was behind that healthy offensive line, and I think. Um, the, the Colts would be very happy with uh, running a back with the, the team that they had last season, um, just with the upgrade from uh, um, from Philip Rivers to uh, Carson Wentz. So I, I think they can still uh, pound the ball with Jonathan Taylor and, and Hines in the backfield and then just let Wentz uh, um, be efficient with those uh, play action passes. And if you if you need him to uh, win you a game, he, he's shown in the past that he – He's capable of it, but with the offensive line in Philly um, collapsing and with the, the injuries that he's um, started to accumulate, we haven't seen the best version of Wentz. So I think Wentz is, is still a buy low. I think that's something that, that most people are, are saying right now. But if you have a late first or a, maybe a, even a mid first and you need help at quarterback, I think Wentz is still going to be in the league for quite some time. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I the landing spot again that's a really popular narrative so i think that that's spot on but i think the colts know that they're in a spot where if they're taking on that contract they don't necessarily need to give up a first round pick 
and we might see them give up like two seconds and a and a fifth or or something like that. You you always see these fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks thrown into these deals. So as far as how the NFL looks at them, I don't know how valuable it is, uh, but the Colts are they're set up for success. So I think that they know that they're one of those few teams that can take on that that contract. But then they also know that the Eagles aren't in a spot to to demand. Um, his first round value, even though he probably still is worth that. So I, I think the Colts are going to end up getting wins, but they're also going to get a deal when they get him. When uh, when Doug Peterson originally got fired, I was thinking that th- this was the, the Eagles kind of showing their hand that they, um, from, from the sounds of it, the relationship between Wentz and Doug Peterson were was was damaged beyond repair. So they had to choose one. Uh, but the the more that I think about it, just with that that contract. I think uh, if, if they're able to uh, ship one stuff and uh, roll with Jalen Hurts through his rookie contract and see if he's the, the next franchise player, then I think that's uh, that's a move that they, they certainly have to consider doing. Yeah. All right, so with the 24th pick of the draft, the Steelers take Najee Harris because there are no more first-round quarterbacks available. Um, I think Big Ben... It just much like this past year, he's going to be uh, begging to come back. He, he, he looked okay. A lot of people um, are not uh, Roethlisberger fans right now, and he's certainly not somebody that I want to try to acquire in Dynasty, but I think he's good enough to um, get, get the job done for, for one more season. Um, and then I've also heard some, some rumblings that, uh, that uh, Dwayne Haskins could get signed there. So I, I think that would make sense for um, Haskins to – sign a, a minimum contract with, with the team and uh, kind of see this as his, his last opportunity to take the NFL serious um, after he got benched for Kyle Allen and then was the, the third string quarterback uh, behind Alex Smith um, and then getting caught going, not only going to a strip club, but um, going to strip club, not wearing a mask during COVID. He's made a lot of mistakes. And I think that, the next 12 months is going to be very important for, for Haskins um, to see if he ever uh, becomes something in, in the NFL. So um, it, I don't like to see players uh, fail when they, when they come into the league. So it'd be really nice to see a comeback story for a first round pick who uh, was, was kind of put in a bad position where uh, Washington is, is trying to fix a lot of things in the office and, uh, and on the field. So maybe if Haskins can, spend most of the year behind Roethlisberger and uh, come in once uh, Big Ben's done, then, then possibly he, he becomes the, the future quarterback. So this this is more more of a hope, but um, do you think that uh, Roethlisberger retires, or do you think that he, get, he gives it one more go? Yeah, I, I do think he retires. I think he had a ton of support behind him the first half of the season, and then as things started to break down, he did shoulder a lot of the blame, and it definitely wasn't just him. Um, but it, I think we we really did see his uh, body not be able to make those throws towards the, the end of the season. So it sounds like what a lot of people are saying, but I do think that it's the truth. And it, I think Big Ben's going to see Philip Rivers, who I was belie- I believe he was drafted in the same class. Um, he's seeing Rivers go. He's seeing Breeze go, and he might just say, you know what, this this is probably my time to to hang it up to. So I don't think he comes back. Uh, but Najee Harris to the Steelers. Um, instead of the sixth uh, best quarterback, I think that makes a lot of sense. The, the Steelers, they're known for being a hard-nosed team. They can run the ball, and that hasn't been what they've uh, been known for the last couple of years. So I think they want to get back to that old-school style of football, and Harris fits that scheme. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I, I think uh, I keep trying to fit in Najee Harris to, uh, to the Steelers um, as, as much as I can. Um, just, just cause I, I feel like that's, uh, that's almost a, a sure thing just, just with his, his running style. Um, but so who do you, who do you see as the, uh, the quarterback for the Steelers next year? Uh, yeah, it's not going to be popular, but I think it's going to be Mason Rudolph. I think that they're going to see that they had some wins with him and then they kind of lost sight of some things, but if they draft a running back like Harris, that they can have be the centerpiece of that offense, then they have uh, deep threat guys that, uh, they can, they can throw the ball to. And, and that's where Rudolph really specializes. He doesn't specialize in picking teams apart, but he's he's good at hitting guys deep. So I think that they're going to say, hey, let's see what we can do with Rudolph, similar to how the Patriots know that they don't have the opportunity to get one of these top guys. And then if it doesn't work, then then maybe they bring in a guy like um, Fitzmagic or something. But I think he, just knowing that uh, Mason Rudolph met with Miles Garrett 
uh, after the Week 17 game. They took a picture saying that they're ready to move forward and everything. Uh, I think part of that was probably the the, uh, the organizations prompting them to say, hey, guys, let's kind of clear the air because every time we meet up, we don't want to talk about this because you guys are both um, projected to be here for a couple more seasons. So I, I think I think there's a reason why they had uh, Rudolph meet with Garrett. So I, I think it's going to be Mason Rudolph starting. Uh, well, the, I think two shows ago, I had uh, Hubbard going to the Patriots as the running back. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think I hate your take more of <laughs> Mason Rudolph being a starting quarterback next <laughs> season. More, more, more than that, because there, there's just there, there's so many quality quarterbacks coming into this league and so many veterans. I mean, Andy Dalton, I feel like, would be a, a better fit for, for this team. But um, but he, he does know the offense, and, and like you said, he, he has won some games. So I guess I guess that's the uh, reality that a lot of Steelers fans would, would have to come to. Yeah, yeah, if they run the ball, and then that opens up some things to take deep shots, which is what Mason Rudolph is actually pretty good at. I think they might they might see what they can do uh, while Rudolph is still on that rookie contract. Yep. Well, that leads us to uh, the last pick in the first round that I wanted to talk about, which is pick 29 of the New Orleans Saints. I think that they take uh, Rondell Moore here, um, a uh, playmaker, which uh, if, if you haven't been paying attention to uh, the, the rookie rankings yet, Rondell Moore is not a quarterback. He is a wide receiver. So I think uh, they keep Winston and and Hill as the as the starters for 2021. I think Winston is the uh, the starter for most of the game, uh, but I think I think it could be kind of a split where maybe you see um, Taysom Hill out there for like 20% of the snaps, and then if Winston um, does what he'll do, which is throw multiple interceptions to start a game, then maybe um, he gets benched and then Taysom Hill. Um, gets to um, be the starter the, the remaining game. Um, and I just feel like it's going to be a headache. I think this is going to be um, a quarterback situation that I do not want a part of for fantasy or for dynasty over the next year or two. And then maybe in 2022, we talk about a um, quarterback getting traded there or they acquire a, a top pick and, and they, they start over. But um, I don't think the Saints draft a quarterback, and I don't think there's a veteran that out there that they want to sign, um, not named Jameis Winston right now. Yeah, I think the Saints, they're going to look um, completely different than how they've looked this last decade. So I know um, Peyton and Breeze have both been on the same page with a lot of things and how they run the fundamentals of, of their team. Um, and that, that chemistry is going to be completely gone. And I think there's actually a lot of... Um, personalities on the Saints team that they've kind of been kept in check so Jameis isn't a guy who's going to be kept in check and so I think we're going to see a really emotional team out there Um, and and Jameis is going to be excited to to be the the starter at at this point I think a lot of people have seen the video clip of Drew Brees telling Jameis on the sidelines before the game ended that this is your team now I think that they they started Taysom because they knew that for those four weeks, I think that they knew that Taysom was going to be temporarily in there. And then Breeze was coming back no matter what to finish out the, the season with it being his last year. So I think that they told Jameis, hey, we're going to keep you on the bench. This is your team moving forward. And to be honest, they didn't want him to make a ton of plays where other teams are interested in all of a sudden trying to, to steal the quarterback of their future. Um, so I, I agree. I think Jameis is going to be there. What Whoever they take at the end of the first um, it might not be a wide receiver if Emmanuel Sanders and, and Jameis have, have some rapport. Um, it, it might end up just being a, a boring defensive pick, um, seeing seeing how Tom Brady was able to pick them apart. But, yeah, I, I do think Winston's going to be the starter for the Saints. Yeah, I uh, I, I also agree with that, too. I, I picked Rondell Moore just because I, I feel like they uh, need an explosive playmaker. Uh, Michael Thomas didn't look like the same player this year, but we, we saw that happen with Saquon when he started the season with a high ankle sprain two years ago. Uh, didn't look like the same guy, but uh, Michael Thomas is probably going to come back and, and be a top three receiver again in 2021. Um, so the uh, last team that I guess we need to talk about, a lot of uh, people would probably assume that this is the, the team we would begin the show with, but 
Um, Deshaun Watson and the the Houston Texans right now. Are, are you thinking that he'll be the starter next year, or do you think he gets traded? Um, I I do think that he gets traded, and but I have no idea what that trade looks like. Do, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on on Watson? I I guess I have I have an, an opposite but but equally boring take. I just I just don't think it it happens. I think they'll they'll find a way to to mend things and maybe maybe get him him another receiver or running back with uh, one of their their later draft picks and um, try to try to make Watson happy. But nope, I I don't I don't have any any hot takes of him him getting traded. I think that uh, that. The, the Dolphins are going to stick with Tua, so um, I, th- I think Tua was was very average for being a, a rookie quarterback, which is which is just fine, because um, a lot of fans were projecting him to have the season that J- Justin Herbert had. So I think it's pretty easy to be envious of of another team's success. But I think Tua's um, an old school quarterback that it's going to take a year or two for him to uh, uh, become a a good or even great quarterback, but I think he still has that potential. So um, I, I know you kind of started the, the show talking about Tua, but I'm I'm on board. I think I think Tua still um, still has the the quarterback one potential in him. Well, yeah, now, now's probably a good time to talk about those 2021 narratives that I'm going to be looking at as far as teams that are going to improve or um, maybe maybe not improve. We might see some teams, including the Saints, take a take a step back. With some of those changes but yeah you mentioned Tua and a guy that I really want to compare him to is actually Baker Mayfield who is, is suddenly a really safe quarterback in super flex leagues we're probably going to see him get a deal he's going to be the long-term favorite for the bronze quarterback um, for, for years to come and it does deservedly so but if you remember from weeks one to week 10 uh, he only had three games where he had above 200 yards so that's about 60 percent of the season he, he put up less than 200 yards. And then uh, after week 11, he had less than um, 250 yards only twice. So he really got hot at, at the end of the season. So he, looking at those numbers, it's pretty similar to Tua. We see Tua being abandoned abandoned in a lot of leagues. Uh, people are, are selling him cheap uh, just coming off that one season. But you have to remember, he has probably one of the poorest groups of offensive weapons um, and then he was competing against a beloved veteran too, and the Dolphins' defense really stepped up. So he, Fitzmagic made some plays, but their defense was making plays too. If you remember that game against the Chiefs, uh, the, the Dolphins they're they're really competing. So I, uh, and then lastly, Tua was coming off of a major surgery too, and that's not a surgery with the hip that you can just kind of get get under center six months or less later. So he, I think he was fully recovered in in under a year but he wasn't getting those first team reps either. So he, he didn't start until after week seven. Um, and do you know how many picks that the two are through all season? Uh, was it less than three? Uh, well, he had five total, but uh, three of them were, were in the last game where they just kind of had that collapse against Buffalo. But besides that, he, he only had two. So um, a lot of people, it, are talking about Fitzmagic telling him, Hey, you know what? You just sometimes you just got to throw the ball. Um, and that might be true in some situations, but if Fitzpatrick really takes a step back, he, there's, there's quite a few games that they, that he probably lost in his career. Cause he had that mindset of, well, I just got to throw the ball and let my guy go up and get it. So I think to a coming in his rookie season with all the things working against him that we just talked about, I think it makes more sense for him to play a more conservative style, knowing that he doesn't have guys that he can just throw the ball up to. His, his best receiver, Devontae Parker, has had one good year, and he was banged up the second half, which is when Tua was out there. So uh, he did have – so Tua did have 250-plus passing yards in four of his nine games. Uh, so that's almost half. Um, and then he did have less than 200 and those other half. But so to recap, he, he probably had a higher percentage of, um, he, he had a higher percentage of boom games um, compared to Baker if you're talking boom bust. So I don't think that uh, he's necessarily a, a quarterback that we just need to completely abandon. And he's actually somebody that I'm targeting in a, in a lot of leagues. And um, you, you mentioned the idea of, Tua getting traded in a deal 
for Watson, but let, let's be honest. At this point, if Watson wanted to be in Miami, that would have happened already. And But people have always complained about the lack of wep- weapons that Watson had. But I think Watson looked at what two is working with in Miami, and he said, ah, you know what, let's, let's see if we can get to a different team besides Miami. Yep, good, completely agree with uh, with, with with your take there. And when they drafted Tua, they didn't even know if he was going to step on the field and, and be a starter at all in 2020. So this was this was a team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs. So the fact that they that he came in and had some success, I think I think Dolphins fans um, should be or or they they already are. I, I don't know too many uh, Dolphin fans personally, but uh, I I think they they have to be happy with what they saw out of Tua. So. Um, I think if you're getting off the uh, the Tua bandwagon, it's it's definitely a little bit too early. But um, back to the other quarterback you were talking about, Baker Mayfield. That that's another guy that I have to admit that I, that I was wrong about. I was I was wrong about Darren Waller. People wanted me to say that I was wrong about Will Fuller, which which, which I wasn't. He was cheating. Uh, but I was I was definitely wrong about about Baker. Uh, he he's probably not somebody that I want in Dynasty, but I think he is going to be a, um, a a starting quarterback for for uh, quite some time. I think that that run first offense and his uh, lack of rushing upside, I think that's why I'd still kind of stay away from him. But um, I agree. I think he's going to be getting a a big deal done. And halfway through the season, when he went uh, four weeks without throwing a touchdown from week eight to week 11, that's when I was thinking that uh, we might be seeing Case Keenum by the end of the year. But uh, Baker came back and uh, um, put the, the Browns in position to win a lot of games and uh they probably should have beat the chiefs this past weekend yeah that was that was a close matchup and that was that was a lot of fun um sticking to the the narratives the the one other team that i'm going to be um expecting a lot of improvements on and by improvements that i mean just stay healthy is going to be the 49ers so one guy that i'm targeting in a lot of leagues that i've i've made trades for already is brandon Ayuk. so if you remember back in 2017 when Shanahan came to the 49ers, he brought on Pierre Garçon. And so, Tom, just for fun, I, I went on Google and I typed in uh, Pierre Garçon 2017 fantasy football. And it was, it was pretty entertaining finding all the articles and all the quotes of, of people saying you got to hammer getting uh, Garçon. And this is more season-long ranks, but they're saying take Garçon in the fourth round or the fifth round because uh, he's good for 10-plus targets a game. And that was really before the NFL became a full-out passing league like it is now. Uh, but if you and so he, my my point with Ayuk is that uh, I think Shanahan he he finally found his guy. We saw a lot of success uh, for Ayuk this season. And comparing him to Pierre Garcon, if you think back to 2009, 2010, 2011, we saw Garcon be wide receiver 24 or better. Uh, he finishes wide receiver 11. Uh, 24, and then he was um, uh, wide receiver 31 in a season where he, where he missed some time. But a lot of people will will point to the 49ers with Kittle coming back, and I, I do think that Kittle's still going to be the piece of that offense that, that you want. Uh, but Garcon actually had two of his best seasons back when Jordan Reed was finishing as tight end number three and tight end number nine. So if, if uh, you've got somebody that in your league that's holding on to Ayuk and, and they're a little bit nervous because Kittle's coming in. I think you can probably sell that narrative a little bit more and point to all of Kittle's success, but know that Shanahan's running an offense where obviously the running backs produce, but then he's also had really successful tight ends partnered with a, a wide receiver too, that has wide receiver one upside any given week. Yeah, I think that, I think that's, that's great research done and, uh, we, we've we've we saw this with the with the Patriots for for a decade where there there's uh, they want to be run heavy so that the running backs are heavily involved and then they they um, move the ball through Julian Edelman and Gronk so there's a there's a world where we're running backs a top uh, tight end and a top receiver can, can all be effective so Edelman and Ayuk very different games obviously but um, they they can all be productive in, in the same offense so. Um, def- definitely an agreement about going out and getting Ayuk. Yeah, yeah, and there's going to be a lot more off-season narratives that we can talk about. Unfortunately, um, some of them you're just going to need to hold tight in situations uh, like the the Saints and the Steelers because we don't know what that quarterback room is going to look like. And uh, we, we don't want to tell you to go out and get Claypool uh, only to find out that 
uh, maybe they do hold on to Mason Rudolph, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun season to, uh, and a fun off season to, to see how things play out. And I think once free agency hits, we're going to see some pretty, pretty wild things happening in the NFL. Well, and, and one other team that, uh, we should probably talk about, um, that might have a, a quarterback controversy before the, um, 2021 starts is, uh, the, the Raiders. So, um, if, if I take you back to week 15, when the Raiders were, were playing the Chargers, the very first drive, Derek Carr gets hurt. Mariota comes in, completes 17 of 28 passes for 226 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That, that interception was costly. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll knock him for that. Um, but on top of that, he had nine rushing attempts for 88 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, I, if I if memory serves me correct, which it probably doesn't, but I, I think they went for it on fourth down three times, or is is fourth and two or shorter. Um, and, and Mariota either picked it up with his legs or uh, passed the ball and, and, and picked up the, the first down. And then that was the same weekend, week 15, where they, they have those Saturday games. So we saw um, Kyler Murray get hurt or, or uh, banged up against the 49ers. Um, and then we saw the, the, the game where Fitzmagic pulled one more rabbit out of his hat while his head was getting ripped off to set the Dolphins up for that um, that field goal to to win the game. Or wait a minute, that was the, that was against the Raiders. Oh, that's all right. To, I'm gonna have to go out and and, and edit this, but uh, no, nobody talked about about Mariota at how good of a game he had, and then Derek Carr just came back, and they, they never talked about starting Mariota. So which which quarterback would you like to see? Uh, between Carr and Mariota, I, I definitely want to see Mariota. Yeah, that's that's a guy that I, I drafted in Dynasty Leagues last year, and I um, got too impatient. I, I dropped him everywhere that I that I owned him, but I think he he has the shot to be the starter next season. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, that's that's uh, looking like a, a good investment here at this moment. Well, I think that's that's uh, that's all I had for this short show tonight. Yeah, yeah, this, this was uh, fun connecting uh yeah let's let's see what the rest of this year looks like all right well until next time keep it flexy just gotta pick up those quarterbacks like like even if it's not exciting like you, you know Mariota's going to see the field again. He left on a high note uh, in the one game that he played. Yeah. So, Well, I wanted to ask your thoughts about Alex Smith on the show, but people are like, well, you know, that was great that he came back, but I'll be honest, he did not look good up. He, he won five of six games. Like, he, yeah. and, and, and then, he, then he, was, he was playing hurt. So I think he's going to be back. <laughs> well, I do think the defense won five of six games, but yeah, Alex but-